The following program is paid for by LMT Consulting, LLC, who is solely responsible for its content. Hello and welcome to Own Your Truth, where we're talking real advice for regular people. Hi, I'm Laura T., Thank you so much for listening. I know there's lots of ways you can spend your time, and I am extremely grateful you're going to spend the next hour with me. Tonight, we're going to take a deep dive into relationships and the truth about happily ever after. You want to stay tuned because it's not going to be what you think. We're taught you should be happy in a relationship, right? Well, believe it or not, it's all wrong. So I've got some science to explain why happily ever after doesn't work and how you can have an outstanding relationship anyway. But you've got to stay tuned for the whole show to get all of this great information. It's going to be fun, informative, and this small shift in thinking has the power to dramatically improve the love in your life. And we all want more love in our life, right? All right, so if you have a relationship question you want answered, you get to call in during the second half of the show. The phone number is 203-333-WICC. If you're anything like me, you need those numbers spelled out, so it's 203-333-9422. Remember to hold on to that number until the second half of the show. Before we begin, we're going to start today, we're going to do what I call starting well. What does that mean? It means you get more of what you focus on. And today we could always use a lot more good news. So we're going to start well by starting off with good news from around the neighborhood and beyond. In this week's Own Your Truth Good News... Be Good, a fast casual restaurant chain, you know, the one loca- located in downtown Fairfield, announced its partnership with No Kid Hungry. Throughout the month of February, every kid's meal ordered through Be Good will donate $1 to No Kid Hungry. This is such an awesome idea. Their goal is to donate 150,000 meals over the course of the month. You know, Chris Fuqua, the chief executive officer, said, when schools are on break, many kids don't have access to the nutritious meals they typically get. So between school vacation week and snow days, they understand at Be Good that it's a particularly challenging time of year. So they're happy to do their part, and we can do our part as well. So if you're thinking about going out and grabbing a bite to eat, do good with your food, buy a kid's meal, head over to Be Good, and I hope to see you there. In other good news on Own Your Truth, did you know today is February 17th, Random Act of Kindness Day? It's an amazing kickoff to the Random Acts of Kindness Week. You can visit randomactsofkindness.org for calendars, lesson plans that promote, cal- that promote kindness in your family, at school, and at work. So we have in Fairfield County our own local kindness expert, Ms. Veronica Malika. She started Kindness Matters and is the creator of the Kindness Solution. I love promoting local, as you can tell. She started this movement as a way to really emphasize radical kindness toward ourselves and all living living beings on earth she wrote a beautiful letter um, to her body and i thought that in this 
day of talking relationships and love, we'll start by talking about our relationship with ourselves. And kindness really does start with being kind to yourself. So I'm going to take a moment to read her letter and share with you these thoughts. Dear body of mine, after careful thought and consideration, I hereby promise to accept you and be grateful for you just the way you are. Love and appreciate you for what you do. Offer you healthy foods and drinks. Overcome the addictions that hurt you. Realize that laughter, play, and rest help you feel good. Exercise regularly and appropriately for my body type. Adorn you with nice, comfortable clothes and shoes. Understand that my unexpressed emotions and thoughts affect you. Listen to the messages you're sending me when you're tired or sick. Accept that I have the power to heal you. Realize that you deserve to be healthy. Honor you as a temple of my soul. I love you so much. Holy, now that's powerful. I'll post this poem on Own Your Truth Facebook page for you to download. And remember to practice random acts of kindness to yourself and to others. Today, throughout the week, and the entire year, the world could use more kindness. That's this Sunday's good news on Own Your Truth with Laura T. Remember, there's so many good deeds that go unnoticed. If you have news about a local individual, organization, or business making a difference in the community, let me know. Visit Own Your Truth's Facebook page and listen each Sunday to hear your news announced on the show. All right, let's get to the fun part. You're listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T, and we're going to talk love. But before we do, we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into relationships. Your car is a mess. It's covered in salt and sand and everything else that can make the finish look old and tired. Wash it, and two days later, it's dirty again. Well, Splash Car Wash is here to rescue your car's finish with the Splash Unlimited Club. For one low monthly price, you can wash your car every day. But here's one better. Splash is now introducing the Family Discount Plan. Pay full price for the first membership and then sign up your second car for 40 to 50% off. This is the perfect time for the Splash Family Discount Club to protect your car from the salt and sand that's all over the road. Have more cars? Sign up a third and fourth car at the same low price as your second car and save every time you come. Wash every day if you like. And unlimited club members get special splash offers on detail and oil change services. So protect your car. Bring it to Splash. And while you're there, sign up all your cars on the Splash Family Discount Plan. Visit SplashCarWashes.com for more info. Your car deserves a better car wash. Splash. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. 
Call for your free information kit, 800-706-5400. That's 800-706-5400. You're listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. And in light of Valentine's Day celebration, we are going to talk about relationships. I know this is what you've been waiting for. So, the big question on everybody's mind, does happily ever after exist? Well, as a hopeful romantic myself, and my children will attest, a closet Hallmark lover, I must say, yes, yes it does. But here's the thing, it's not because the people in those relationships are always happy. I know what you're thinking, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but stick with me, I'm gonna explain. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Let's look at this term happiness. You know, happiness is, is generic. We use it to describe what we want in an experience. And yet the challenge is we act as if it's this destination we're, we're going to arrive at, yet we never take the time to define it. So it always seems a little bit out of reach. How do you define happiness in your relationship? Have you ever defined happiness in your relationship? Have you defined happiness in general? If you have, you are already a step ahead of the rest. But if you're like most of us, you haven't. So then we bring that into our relationship. You have a big picture expectation of a happy relationship in your head, and then you don't articulate it to the person in, that you're in love with, but yet we're disappointed when the relationship doesn't bring us what we think we want. So, I want to point out, notice I said you're disappointed when your relationship doesn't bring you happiness, not when your partner does not make you happy. Because here's something really, really important that we overlook. No one can make you feel anything without your permission. And so, if you're not feeling happy, it's up to you to create your own happiness. It's up to you to look at your happiness as an individual and in your relationship and define it so that you can achieve it. So I was talking with people and find that the irony is most of the time you don't even realize there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be in your relationship. It's sort of all these feelings we have jumbled up. Well, once you start to define what you want, you're able to close that gap with honest communication. So, how do you do this? How do you define happiness? Because when you say, oh, what makes you happy? People start to think, hmm, I'm not really sure. Well, consider shifting your notions of happiness to defining your ideal relationship experience. What does that look like? Sometimes it's helpful to start small. Think about the characteristics of an ideal day in your relationship. What would that look like? Get really specific, then ask yourself, what does it take to experience that today, in this moment? Get your mind thinking toward what you want instead of where you are. Then share that information with your partner. The key is always going to be communication. So, own your truth to help. I call myself the hopeful romantic. That hopeful romantic tip number one is forget the idea of happiness. Define the experience you want in your relationship, get specific, and then share your feelings with your partner. All right, so that's tip number one. 
What else do we have to learn about relationships? Well, now let's get into the science of love. This is so fascinating to me, and I, I get a little dorky about this stuff. So when I study something, I want to study masters in their fields. So when it comes to relationships, there is no t- couple and they are a couple better than doctors John and Julie Gottman. They're of the Gottman Institute and they're masters in relationships. They're world-renowned researchers and clinical psychologists. John has spent 40 years studying couples and listen to what he's found. This might surprise you. The proportion of time you're together with your partner where you are emotionally available, ready to listen with an open heart without getting defensive is about 50% of the time. And that's in a really good relationship. So consider the probability that both you and your partner are emotionally available, ready to listen with an open heart. And you start to do the math, right? When you times 0.5 times 0.5, you get 0.25. So that means that 75% of our relationships are spent in misunderstanding and miscommunication with each other. So here's what he says, and this is where it gets a little bit juicy. If we use more factual and less generous estimates, the reality is one person is emotionally available about 30% of the time. So the probability of both people in a relationship being available at the same time is reduced down to 9%. That's crazy. But it makes sense that when we think about happily ever after, it doesn't show up the way we have pictured in our mind because we spend anywhere from 75 to almost 91% of our time in miscommunication and misunderstanding. So when we're thinking about happy, it's changing the way we consider what makes us happy, right? Consider a different way of looking at your partner. So... Instead of thinking that we're going to have easy conversation and everything is going to be wonderful, when you start to look at 75% of the time being in miscommunication and you expect that of your spouse and it's okay, it's no longer personal, it's no longer to hurt you, what does that shift in thinking do to your relationship? What if miscommunication was no longer considered conflict, but instead was considered the norm? And then you got to work from there. All right, so let's take this a step further. Although Gottman's work doesn't focus, focuses primarily on intimate relationships, I always think like, okay, if that's what happens when you're in a relationship with the person you're closest to, what happens if you apply this same understanding an expectation of miscommunication to your kids or even your colleagues at work because they're misunderstanding you too. And what if we got really curious and we wanted to understand at a deeper level what people are trying to communicate with us? What changes? I bet a lot. So what can you do? Well, the first thing to remember is it's important to fill yourself up. Right, We can't have patience and communication with other people if we haven't filled ourselves up first. And it's so easy for us to neglect ourselves. So the best advice I can give you is fill yourself up first so you can overflow to the people in your life. And then 
during the 25% of the time when you're open, emotionally available and ready to communicate, be with your partner. Just be with them. Enjoy that time together. Take advantage of the openness. Take this time to discuss challenges. Often, you know, we don't want to ruin the, the good time by discussing challenges, so we wait to talk about the hard stuff until we're actually in the middle of it. And I don't know if your relationships are anything like mine, but that tends not to work. So the best time to communicate is when you're open to it. Go in with curiosity and questions. Ask about your partner's feelings. It'll make all the difference in the world. So own your truth. Hopeful romantic tip number two is expect misunderstanding and miscommunication in a relationship 75% of the time. Appreciate the 25% of the time when you're really on the same page. You know, and I love sharing this stuff because when are we taught this? This is so important. This is game changing. All right. So final piece of information I want to share before we get to your questions, which is by far my favorite part of the show. Have you ever heard advice, show love the way you want to be loved and it will be returned? Meaning if you want more romance, be romantic. If you want more affection, be more affectionate. You know, I actually heard this advice on a radio show about a month ago. And to be honest, it made me want to cry. Because, listen, if you want those things, be those things. But don't expect them automatically in return. So what do I do on my spare time? I study human behavior. And I know with 100% certainty, there are certain behavioral styles that simply don't have the capacity to respond in the way that you do. And here's a, here's a key. It's not because they don't love you. And it's not because they're bad people. And I have my little air quotes. It's that those that those people don't have the capacity or processing to show you love in the way that you show love. Because here's the thing. We love based on our behavioral style and then expect our partner to love us back in the same way. And here's the key. When expectation doesn't meet reality, we're often less left disappointed, disenchanted, and frustrated. So if you're feeling any of those things in your relationship, it's really important to look at your own expectations. What are they? Have you shared them with your partner? So, okay, what should you do? Well, listen, if you want to show love in a way that's natural for you because it makes you feel good, do that anyway. Because doing anything different would be out of alignment for you, but not because you expect your partner to give love in the same way. So, it's important to ask for love in the way you want to be shown love. And remember, your partner has the ability to say yes, no, or renegotiate. This isn't a test of whether your partner passes or fails. They get to decide what's natural for them. It's also important that you ask your partner how they want to be shown love. You know, in some instances, you could be doing a whole lot of unnecessary work in a relationship that doesn't really have deep meaning to your partner. This two millimeter shift in thinking allows you to give without being wedded to an outcome. It allows you to truly accept your partner as they are. If you want your partner to show love in a certain way, don't expect them to know if you haven't told them. All right. 
So, own your truth, hopeful romantic tip number three is love your partner without expecting the same love in return and ask for what you want. All right, let's do a quick review. Own your truth, tip, hopeful romantic tip number one. Forget happiness, define the experience you want in your relationship, get specific and share your feelings with your partner. Tip number two, Expect misunderstanding and miscommunication in a relationship 75% of the time. And believe it or not, you'll probably be happier. And then tip number three, love your way without expecting the same love in return and ask for what you want. Okay. It's almost time for my favorite part of the show. Time to answer your most challenging relationship questions. Remember, you can call in. The number is 203 333-WICC, three, 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 which is 9422, or send your questions via Facebook, the Own Your Truth uh, page. Ye- they will be answered on the show tonight. Listen, during the weekend, I've gotten some great questions from you, and so I'm going to do my best to get through all of them. If for some reason your question isn't answered tonight, I will answer it on the Facebook page. So go there and look. I promise I'll answer everyone's questions tonight at some point in time. It may not be on the show. So before we get to your questions, I'm going to take an opportunity to share Own Your Truth's musical, musical Artist of the Week. So each week, I want to focus on showcasing someone from the area who's just extremely talented. And this week was super easy because there's a gentleman by the name of Lee Silvestri, who is just one of those cool people that starts off as an acquaintance. They quickly become a friend. And then after a couple of years, like he nonchalantly mentions like he's crazy talented. Of course, he would never use those words because he's modest, but I heard one of his songs and instantly loved his soul and his sound. I hope you do too, because finally, in the spotlight he deserves, I am proud to be the first to play his new EP on the radio. Here is Lost and Found by Lee Silvestri. Enjoy.
Hello and welcome back to Own Your Truth with Laura T, where we are talking real advice for regular people. So I hope you enjoyed Lee's music as much as I did. Let's give it up for Lee Silvestri, Lost and Found. It just feels good. If you're interested in hearing more of Lee's sound, I'll post a link uh, to his website where you can get more information. Remember to visit the Own Your Truth Facebook page after the show. Okay, if you or someone you know has musical talent and would you'd like to hear them live on the radio, send me their stuff. I'd love to feature local artists each week, and um, I'm happy to play Lee's music every week, too. So if you don't send me uh, great music, I'm happy to replay. Um, but go to that Facebook page, Own Your Truth, and um, I'd love to consider your music for the show. 
All right. Now, let's get to Own Your Truths Q&A. This is my favorite part of the hour. If you have a relationship question you'd like answered live, remember, you can call in at 203-333-WICC, and that's 203-333-9422. All right, so I have to say it's been totally awesome getting questions um, on the Own Your Truth Facebook page to my friends, family, and followers. You guys rock. So let's get into it. Um, Our first question is from Noah, and he is writing all the way from Naples, Florida. So I love my out-of-state friends and family who are listening live uh, streaming. His question is... How do you communicate to your partner to be more aware of something you find annoying? This is such a great question because it's in those little things that we stack and they get bigger and they get bigger. Um, it's, never about, it's never about the little things, right? So it's important to keep in mind in any situation, you have three options. You can either blame, you can change your perception, or you can change your procedure. And so often, you know, we'll blame circumstances, we'll blame people, we'll blame situations, and that's not really helpful. And so it's really important to change your perception of the situation or change your procedure. So if there's something that you find annoying, it's really looking at the situation and saying, is this important to me? And really what's important about it. Because remember, it's never about the shoes lying around or the toothpaste cap cap not being put on properly. It's really the stuff underneath. So what's important about shoes being put away? What's important about the dishwasher being loaded a certain way? Once you understand that, it gives you a place to talk about your feelings instead of the thing. And it's a place of feeling that people start to connect and feel closer to each other. So that's one way, right? Change your perception. Understand what you're feeling and then talk about it. Or you can change your procedure. You could decide, you know what? Um, The shoes, if I want them picked up, I'm going to pick them up myself. The dishwasher, if I want it loaded a certain way, I'm going to do it myself. And then owning that decision to change your procedure, right? So whatever you decide is perfect for you is making sure that you own that decision so that it doesn't come back around later. And so again, you've got some options. You can change your perception. You can change your procedure. It's making sure that you own your decision either way. So Noah in Naples, I hope you found that helpful. All right. On to our next question. Remember, you're listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. And we are talking relationship questions. So Sarah from Trumbull asked today, how do you repair your relationship with yourself? And so I wanted to dig a little deeper and get some understanding. Um, And she was saying, when you're your own worst critic, when your inner voice is not in alignment with your goals... I thought this was such an important question because it's something that, you know, we all deal with. Going back to that beautiful poem by uh, Veronica Malika, um, it really is being kind to yourself first. And so what do you do? How do you repair your relationship with yourself? Well, you know, oftentimes we lose trust 
and then the relationship slowly fades away. And that's losing trust with ourselves as well because we will more easily make a promise to someone else and stick with it then we'll make a promise with ourselves. And so we lose integrity with our word to ourself. And remember, over time, we make these connections in our brain, right? They're, they're like habits. So once you make a connection and you repeat that connection over and over and over and over, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so when you've constantly shown yourself that you don't have integrity with your word, then it's easier to break your word with yourself and it gets really, really frustrating. So the key is to number one, decide how committed are you to what you want, to where you wanna be. Define what you want with great detail. And then once you look at that level of commitment, you get to decide, is this something I want or is this something I'm really committed to, right? So it's looking at getting really clear on your goals and then having integrity with yourself to stick to them. And start small because if you've spent a, a lifetime um, beating yourself up, uh, being your own worst critic, it takes time to build up that confidence. So start off with something small that you know you can find success in so that you can build on that. It's funny, we so easily discredit the good stuff that we do um, and we're so harsh and we're so quick to pick up on the stuff that we do wrong or we feel we do wrong. And so I'd start by stacking your successes, right? Stack all the things that you do well, whether it's once a week, every day, journaling, things that you did well, successes you had, so that you can start to see that you have a line of successes that you can already build on. I hope that helps Sarah and Trumbull. This is such an important question and the relationship with yourself impacts the relationship we have with other people. So again, I'm hoping that serves you and helps you really get past the things that are preventing you from reaching your goals. Okay, we are going to take another short break. Don't forget, you still have time to call in and have your relationship questions answered live. The number is 203-333-WICC. That's 203-333-9422. And we'll see you on the other side of this commercial. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. See website for details. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK? At the LASIK Vision Institute, that's what I'm doing. Uh, my glasses and contacts are a pain. I I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text TRY to 350-350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text TRY to 350-350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's T-R-Y to 350-350. 
Welcome back to Own Your Truth with Laura T. We're talking real advice for regular people, and we're taking your questions. Again, I want to thank all of the great people who reached out via Facebook today um, with your relationship questions, because today it's all about relationships. So... There was a question from Liz uh, out of Westport, and she asked, how can you talk about setting healthy boundaries with kids, coworkers, and your romantic partner? You know, this is another great question, and you can tell that whether we're talking about relationships or we're talking about work, our habits follow us wherever we go. And so um, this idea of healthy boundaries is so very, very important. It's deciding what you want and what you want your experience to be. And remember, it's vital to ask for it. So often in, um, in an effort to be polite, we don't own our truth, which is the whole reason for the title of this show, right? Is really owning your truth. And in a desire to be um, agreeable and be a good teammate and be a good partner, we're willing to sacrifice our boundaries for the people that we love. Then the challenge is, ultimately, we're teaching people how to treat us. And so every decision you make you are showing someone else how to treat you. And so setting your boundaries, setting the boundaries tends to be actually the easy part. It's the follow through. That's the hard part. Um, again, whether it's with kids or coworkers or your romantic partner, we tend not to want to um, be the, the bad guy. I have my air quotes, right? To be the one to enforce the rules. And yet it's so important that we do. So I'll share I'll share a little little story. Um, there was I, I worked with a, a client who had a very demanding mother, and so um, this individual just really um, really called the shots, to be honest. And so um, it the person I worked with felt like she didn't really have control over what happened. You know, her mother was elderly and she had needs. Again, I put my air quotes up, right? So another person's needs are not your requirement to fulfill, right? Remember, in any situation, you get to say yes, no, or renegotiate. And so in the this woman's upbringing, she hadn't learned to say no to her mom. And she really felt like she, she was defenseless, right? So let's use an example like uh, going to the store, right? So, you know, my client says, listen, you know, when my mother calls and she says she wants to go to the store, I'm supposed to drop whatever I'm doing and take her to the store. Well, is that really true that you have to take her to the store? Well, yes, of course, I have to take her to the store because she needs to get groceries and she's elderly and she can get there by herself. Okay, totally understandable. But what are some other options for your mother to get to the store? And so we start to play out those other options. And of course, there's a million reasons why those other options don't work. And at that point, I get to say, you know what, that's fine that you believe those options don't work, but then you can't complain that there's no boundary because there are lots of options, right? How else can someone get to a store? Well, this day and age, you can take an Uber, you can find another family member to do it, you can um, actually 
schedule when she can go to the store because you're the one who's driving. There's lots of different options. When we don't choose a different option, we have to own our decision not to make that choice. And then we get to move forward and, and, and say, you know what, we set the boundary. We will be at their beck and call. If you set the boundary and say, here are your options, then they get, you get to decide together where that boundary line is drawn. And so it's really making sure that you're clear on the experience you want in the relationships that you have. And then when the test comes in those relationships, that you stand strong and that you don't give in. And let's say you did decide, you know, let's use this example with the client who had the the demanding mother. Let's just say you did give in. You get to say this time, I will take you, but know that this is not the norm. Again, you're still making clear your boundaries because you're building a mental muscle both for yourself in being able to stand up for your boundaries and say no, but you're also building the mental muscle in them in setting the boundary and sticking to it. So Liz from Westport, I hope this example helps you in looking at how you want to set boundaries. Um, and remember, we're constantly teaching people how to treat us. And it's with your kids, your coworkers, and your romantic partners. Thanks so much for your question. All right. You are listening to Own Your Truth with Laura Chi. And our next relationship question comes from Katie in Stratford. She asks... What do you do when you don't like your spouse's friends? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, so it's really interesting. Um, a relationship is about understanding, right? And so you really want to understand what your spouse sees in the friends that he, or, that he has or she has in this case um, and really get to the core of what makes them the friends that they are. You know, there's a famous Jim Rohn quote that says, we are a culmination of the five people we spend the most time with. So it's really interesting if your spouse is spending time with these friends and you don't like them, they are likely all a reflection of each other. And so um, it's really important to look at, is it the friends that you don't like or is it some of the characteristics in the friends that you also see in your spouse? Um, and listen, I'm the first one to admit, listen, our brain makes connections. It doesn't mean they're always correct. So you wanna go in with curiosity. You really wanna ask the questions. You really wanna understand um, what the friendships are about. And you can't force your spouse to leave their friends. That's not what a relationship is about. And so, you know, I said uh, to, to Noah from Naples at the beginning, you know, in any situation, you have three options, right? You get to blame, you change your perception, or you change your procedure. And it's going to be the same thing in this case, right? Um, you can change your perception about his friends by going, getting really curious and understanding um, what he sees in them. Or you can you change your procedure, and this is when it's sitting down with your spouse and partner and talking about um, what you would like to see in terms of time, right? If he's going to spend time with his friends, fantastic. If you don't want to be with him when he's spending that time, you've got to ask for what you want, right? And 
making sure that his friendships aren't impacting your relationship because it is important that that stays separate. So spending time with him on this is going to be a really important factor. So Katie and Strafford, I hope that helps. I know the spouses, friends can be a tricky one. And it's something that you really want to go in with sensitivity and curiosity on. Um, dig a little bit deeper to understand the friendships and what makes them work. And own your truth about what you're feeling about the the friends and how that shows up in, in your relationship. Okay. You are listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. And our next question comes from Sarah um, out of Fairfield. And she asks, my husband, she has a little bit of a story here. So my husband and I have been primary caregivers to our elderly parents. Um, We have siblings that live in the same state, but we live in the same town. So the primary responsibility has fallen on us. Um, And our, our siblings kind of assume that they don't have to help out. We've tried to get them to help, um, and they will for a couple of weeks, but it's very much help because then they stop. How do we get them more involved? It would really help us and make our moms happier as well. Wow. So such an important question. And you can see, again, how these relationship questions go beyond just the intimate relationships. And they carry over into uh, friends, family, extended family, coworkers. So... Great question about being the primary caregivers to your elderly parents and what a gift that they have you so close. So, you know, you can see kind of the theme here and um, really setting your standards and asking for what you want. We tend to take on roles because they've fallen upon us, not because we've chosen them. And then we act as if, you know, they're our responsibility to continue till the end of time. That's not really true. You know, you do get to decide what you want for your life and your family. Again, you can't force your siblings to participate. However, it is important that if you want their long-term participation that you sit down and ask them for that. Don't assume that they understand all that you're giving or that in your giving, you'd like some support and help unless you've asked them specifically for what you want. I would even go so far as to make a list of the things that you really enjoy about the caregiving of your elderly parents and then make a list of the things that you don't enjoy, the places that you really want to ask for help. Because remember, if you go to your family members with that generic, we'd like help, they're going to pick and choose how they want to help. And it may not really be helpful for what you need. And so again, one of those instances where it's vital to ask for what you want, and then they get to decide if they're going to participate. And so I think the other key you mentioned here, so important, is um, that it would help make your moms happier as well. It's so important for your moms to voice that to the other siblings. I have heard so often when there's a primary caregiver, they're the ones who hear from the parents like, oh, you know, your brother never visits or, oh, I don't get calls. Well, it's 
their responsibility to ask for what they want as well and not to put that on your shoulders as additional pressure to the care and love that you're already giving them. If they want something from your siblings, it's important that they ask for it. And that's when it's your job to tell them that they have to ask for it, right? Again, when we're the caregiver, we take on all of the care, emotional care, physical care, uh, medical care, when that's a lot to expect from one person or even a couple. It sounds like you and your spouse are doing this together for your parents. So um, again, setting standards, making sure you ask for what you want, and then making sure that you're teaching your moms to ask for what they want as well. What an amazing gift at any age to be able to ask for what you want. So I hope that helps, Sarah, from Fairfield. Um, again, you're doing great things with your family and um, would love to hear updates. I'd love to hear updates from everyone who's posed a question, um, some successes that you have with either the advice or something that you've tried on your own. Um, we could include that in our, our weekly good news starting well at the beginning of the show. Okay, there is still a little bit more time to get in your questions. Again, truly grateful for all of the people who sent questions in via Facebook. Um, remember, the number here is 203-333-WICC. That's 203-333-9422. All right, on to our next question. So... This one comes from Marie from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Again, thankful for family and friends listening down the East Coast, streaming live on the web. Um, how can someone who is retired and at home with a spouse who's also retired keep their individuality and have some alone time from each other without hurting feelings? What a great question um, and how easily you can fall into the habits of being together all of the time. So first, I think the key is to make sure that you have your own hobbies. And this is in any relationship that you have. You see it a lot um, with, with parents, especially moms, whose primary job is caregiver. And then their kids leave and they look around and they're like, oh gosh, that was my identity, was being the parent. Um, and so it, having those hobbies, those things that um, are your individual interests, help you keep your own identity and help you um, help you over time understand that separate time is good time, right? Uh, you often hear that distance makes the heart grow fonder. It's really true. When we spend time apart, we appreciate the time we have together at a higher level. And when we're spending too much time together, it's easy to get nitpicky. It's easy to get on everything that our partner does. And so this idea of you know having your individuality and alone time is really in the best interest of your relationship together because it allows you again to have that sense of self and and you know earlier I talked about filling yourself up you know when we have our own individual hobbies they fill us up so we can overflow to the people that we love and so 
having hobbies, spending time alone, and then having that open communication about what you want so that feelings don't get hurt. You know, I think more often than not, feelings are hurt because we don't communicate. We assume that our partner knows how we're feeling. Um, And, uh, you know, again, studying behavior, studying people and relationships, that is hardly ever the case. I always say, if you're not asking, you're guessing and you're probably wrong. And so it's just asking your spouse, you know, what would it take for us to, you know, have alone time and have it feel really good? you know, for ourselves and each other. Um, What would you be interested in if you had some alone time? Again, really important to go in with curiosity, even as you're exploring the things that you want for yourself. So Marie from Fort Lauderdale, I hope that helped. And um, looking forward again to hearing your successes. Let me know if you've picked up a hobby or let me know how you're spending your time um, so that we can post it on Facebook and, and share it live on the show. So this has been Own Your Truth with Laura T. I am so excited and proud to be spending an hour with you each Sunday. Um, Hearing from you on Facebook is so important. So if you have ideas for the show, if you have music you want to share, if you have good news you'd like voiced out to the area and beyond, please share it on my Facebook page, Own Your Truth. And I look forward to seeing you here again next Sunday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Again, Laura T, Own Your Truth. Looking forward to seeing you next Sunday. was paid for by LMT Consulting, LLC, who is solely responsible for its content.